Welcome. To That Comic Smell Podcast. David Robertson, Fernando Pons, Mike Sadaka, and Tom Stewart. Top of the world. Top of the world. Stay strong. Good. Mm. New hairstyle. <laughs> you never know what you'll get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've just kept the same hairstyle for the last few years. Sit, <laughs> you look like a mega villain. How are you getting on, Alan? It's good, good to see you again. Yeah, 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 good to be back. Yeah. I'm here till the 28th of June. Cool. And uh, yeah, the weather has been fantastic mm. the whole time, pretty much. Mm. Even about over 2nd of February, and mm. couldn't really complain about the weather since. In fact, we were looking at people putting pictures on Facebook of Ladner. And our house right. with about this much snow. Oh. Meanwhile, the sun's blazing in Carnoustia. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah it's but, good. And you, you very seldom get that snow. No. No. It's all right. All right, How are you? Here he is. All right, yeah. We're stressed. We're out. Breathe in. Breathe in. Breathe in. Roads. Roads. Okay. Anybody noticed people driving crazy today? That's every day. Day. Bike, which was fun. Yeah. You got knocked. I said I almost got knocked on my bike, well, but that was. Yeah, I had somebody indicating, and I thought, right, fine. And then, oh, right, mm-hmm. okay, then you're not indicating. You know that kind of thing. But wow, but that's someone them. indicating, and they go in the wrong direction. There was a car ahead of me today, and and then, the, so the one in front of it stopped, and it was like, and then the one there, the emblem this way. So this person got annoyed though, and like went, well, I'll go then. And overtook that one, and, but the one behind that one was like, and it was like, mm. I thought, what the hell, everybody's on edge today. Mm. I have to, I have to, this <coughs> I picked the topic, but I don't actually have anything. So it's kind of left to the, left to the floor, mm. if anybody's got anything with them. Suppose it should comics be meaningful? I think uh, it was me- uh, meaningful comics. Comics with a message, this particular message or meaning. Uh-huh. Well, I, I I found that I had no idea what your topic meant. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, it has to be Wolverine. Wolverine versus the crow. No, I thought. Um, I don't really know what that means. So, but at the time, I was writing. On the course, I was writing about James the Charter because I thought what I thought was all well, all comics have got a meaning, haven't they? A, a lot, yeah. yeah. I was, when I was thinking about stuff, I was yeah. thinking besides the obvious ones like yeah. mouse and so you know, I think I uh, emailed you back and said, "Well, what do you mean by having a meaning?" They all and I thought, "For God's sake, that's the thing." Right. Just decide something. Yeah. So I was uh, I was writing an essay about James Cachalda and his. And what I was actually writing about was the autobiographical uh, comics that he does one every day. 
about an incident every day. And he did it for years and years. And there's a kind of, there's a meaning that comes through because of the repetition of his life. So you start to see patterns, he does something, and then a year and a half later, you go, oh, that's like that. And while I was researching him for my essay as well, because he does these autobiographical uh, comics, but they're not like huge topics, like you just said, monks and things like that, and then even like Harvey Picard did his mm -hmm. cancer comic and cancer, all that. Yeah, yeah. His are more day-by-day -day stuff. All in the sock, kind of thing. Yeah, so sometimes he gets criticised for that, but, but then he was making a point that... Um, well, that is the stuff of life, you know. Mm -hmm. That is the yeah, stuff of life. So the bigger beds are almost... Like, yeah. The bigger... So the bigger that's what he wants. Yeah. Oh, you always get criticised. Yeah, yeah, but... You can, so, like, somebody could say, well, it's... Uh, you just obsessed with yourself. You just, you know, why on earth is you, you know, making a cup of tea? That uh, should be a comic, you know. <laughs> but, you know, why not? Um, so, anyway, I brought some of them along, the diary, and I, I think they're good, I mean, they, they speak to me, <clears throat> and sometimes he does deal with big topics anyway, so he, he did some very good stuff about um, when his wife gave birth, and really good sequences like that. Yeah. I've read some of the so, stuff that Dave uh, have pointed out to me in the past, and yeah. <laughs> The ones I read there were some about you know responsibility of parenting and right. it could be it could be just little things as I say little, a lot. but as you're reading and if you are a parent mm. even means more to you because perhaps you've been in that situation or more than likely you have been in that situation and suddenly oh yeah that's so it could be so just that little, book I borrowed oh, I borrowed yeah. off the square format one of the <coughs> the cute like Star Warsy one with the kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's oh, Jeffrey Brown. Jeffrey Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's lots of things in there that resonate with being that well. I see. Did a, the, the two of them did a comic together. Oh right. Where they were both discussing things and life yeah, and stuff that's like that's 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 each drawing each other out. Yeah. Right. He's great. So I thought this has got me, and I'll, I'll bring this. My, my ultimate goal with that is topic. My, my ultimate goal with that topic was that. Comics mean different things to different uh, people, uh -huh. so everybody would bring their own mm. version of a meaningful comic, or, yeah, a nice. or a comic with a message, and that was my whole point, was that everybody would bring something so mm. diversely different that we would see kind of where everybody was coming from. So you kept it vague, so in yeah. order to... But unfortunately, I'm not writing myself. Oh, yeah, as you said, we were saying we could have brought things like, you know, uh, I don't know, Even Mouse or Being for Vendetta yeah. or something like that. But we talk all. about them all the time. And yeah. then, okay, let's talk about something. And I'll I'll thing, once again, it was like comics with meaning, uh, with meaning and I'm, set, I'm looking at my comics and as every single topic, I'm looking at the Alan Moore comics going, you know. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking Is there's there actually more now? comics that don't mm -hmm. have a meaning than mm -hmm. the real kind. Mm -hmm. Oh, you think? What, like all the superhero the, stuff? But even a lot of them do, don't they? A lot of them are trying to convey yeah. something. If but it's meaning, it could... Uh, yeah. What does it mean? Well, it means, you know, Captain America's got... But I mean, there's less... 
of the kind of ones that mean the kind of traditional meaning, if you know what I mean. Exactly. Yeah, it could have it could have a meaning about you know American values and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not all superheroes do, but you come across every now and then mm. certain writers yeah. that they will try to introduce a topic outside of the superhero world. Mm. Yeah. Uh, via that, I remember I don't know, for example, uh, I think it was Roger, no Roger, no David Michelin. Andreas Ten era of Captain America, I think it was Miles Sek as the artist. Is it Michelini? Or Michelini? Or Michelini, I don't know. But he introduced certain social commentary of the politics at that time mm. within the. So, in some places, yeah, he was fighting, you know, Red Skull <coughs> or that villain, but suddenly you were talking about racism, they were talking about the how unfair capitalism. Can be in the United States at that time. How was that the seventies before Kirby uh, came back? Or was that that was in the eighties. Eighties, right? Yeah, after Kirby. After Kirby. So there were yeah. there were certain writers that we introduced that in, mm. in that era at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, not all the superhero comics are like that, but yeah, every now and then you come across someone and you go, "This is interesting." You know, there's mm-hmm. something to introduce mm-hmm. into the superhero world. Yeah. yeah. To try to ground them a little bit, try to mm. attach them to reality as well. Oh, that's unreal. Is that an intro that's repeated in every volume? No. These are these also Check come up. in big square bound no. collections, American Elf. Oh no, it does do different ones. Yeah. Oh, that's really he's nice. very prolific. And he's honest. He's going on about how days go by quickly and yeah. a day will come and go and you just won't remember it. That's it. There you go, that's meaning, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's a lot of meaning. Yeah. Especially when you look back and you've forgotten most of things in your life. Mm-hmm. And then you look back and go, oh, I remember that incident that day. Yeah. If you're him, that is, or if you keep your own yeah. diary. And it's funny as well when you see something, maybe on telly or something, and it's like 48 years ago or something, yeah. and you go, oh, God, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I always think that's amazing, all the stuff that must be in the back of your head. Probably every single instant in your life must be in there because you loved it. So it's just accessing it. Yeah. Wrinkles. Mm. Yeah, by Paco Roca. <coughs> this thing's flying like out the head, yes. So that's my contribution to the meaningful comics. Wrinkles by uh, Paco Roca. He's a Spanish artist. He created this particular graphic novel. For it was published in France first, I think in 2007, and then in the same year, just a few months later, in Spain, it's been published in the UK by Knockabout. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in the USA, I think it's Fantagraphics, because Knockabout Fantagraphics, they kind of publish. Yeah, Top Shelf. Yeah, uh, no, that's Top Shelf, that's right. It's top Shelf Knockabout. So it's Fantagraphics, that that's the, the USA version mm. of that one. Uh, it's, it's a quite serious theme, because it's talking about um, elderly people and the effects of Alzheimer's and mm. senile dementia. And also how in the European countries, in the Western society, we tend to put the elderly people in asylums away mm. from 
mm-hmm. us instead of taking care out of, of them sight, yeah. and out of sight uh, so they cause trouble for us <coughs> so he said mm-hmm. there is a quite not in all the western no but countries. in general terms the majority more, yeah some the, the anglo ones mm-hmm. more so i think but it, it happens so oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a very serious thing um, very serious theme going on and but there is a lot of humor through it mm. so it's told kind of like a well we're going to lead to a tragic comedy so it's this, yes it's tragic because what's happening is tragic and it's sad as you could reading along but at the same time there's a lot of humor mm-hmm. like life then you know you can have bad times so there's also good times in there um the variety of characters is, is following in particular one of the characters who is at the very beginning of the book by the family where well, he basically is just been sent in this place, this old folks home by his son. And he meets other people or elderly people who's living there, different circumstances, but in general terms they're all being essentially pushed out by the family and mm-hmm. The hospital will deal with you, sort of thing. Um, of course, if you've ever lived with anybody with a advanced Alzheimer's, it can be a scary business. It's very well reflected yeah. there in the book, yeah. and he did quite a lot of research. He actually went to um, met people. Uh, he had a friend, a very good friend of his, that his dad had Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Uh, he worked with. Uh, um, one of the houses, all folks, he went there, he did the sketches, he made the people go the stories. And the majority of the stories and the characters that are reflected in the book actually come from real people that happened there. Um, the, the couple of this big man and this little lady, and the big man doesn't say anything, the little lady takes care of him. I'm or, just reading that now, is that yeah. una cucharada más? Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah, they are so sweet. Um, El largo adios, the yeah, long goodbye. Yeah, and all these little Outside. things there. It's all, mm. Mm. So it's very sad, and at the same time, there's a lot of humor in it, and he manages to do it very well, and it's very graphic on it. Mm-hmm. It's not so much as out of reading. Trust me, it's not that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. A couple of So, it's very good. And I like also he uses mm-hmm. uh, very <laughs> abrupt cuts sometimes. Um, so sometimes you are seeing things through the eyes of the character. And so right. suddenly, you know, at the very beginning of the book, you think, you think that you are seeing is a couple and is asking for a loan or for in the bank. Mm-hmm. And actually, is the son and daughter-in-law of this man that his mind is gone. He oh, used right. to be used to work in a bank, mm-hmm. and he doesn't recognize the family. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it's the wow. how you put that across on that and the blue cats as well. Suddenly, you are you're seeing something else. That's, looks really nice. You turn the page, and there's this young lady in a train sitting by the window, and actually, is an old lady who the only thing she remembers is when she was young and she was in the Orient Express, traveling. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, that's a, and she still thinks he's in a train, despite if I in a wheelchair, mm. in the house. Yeah. Have they done an English version? Yes. 
It's called Wrinkles. Mm-hmm. Nice. Very, very successful graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Um, Did it say 60,000 sold? On the in color? Spain, yeah. yeah. Is other, oh, is, is other one hasn't been translated though, has it? By Paco Roca. Yeah, the one with the, with the was it the writers and the artists, the comic? The, the cartoonist Winter. I'm not sure if that has been translated yet. Mm. I haven't seen it. Um, but I show. hope it will. Yeah. The other thing is, it, a lot of the story you'll miss it unless you, you are aware of it or the Spanish because it's very much after the civil war and a time in Spain that there's a lot of peculiarities. Unless you are aware, right, okay. you will miss a lot of information. Mm. It's still a really good comic book though. You don't really know. But that one in particular has been very successful in France, mm-hmm. in Spain. Uh, it's available now in English. You can buy it here in the UK. I think it's in a soft cover in the UK, mm-hmm. but you can get it for a tenner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's available as well in in the USA by Fanta Graphics, which, by the way, has been nominated for that edition of this graphic novel for the Eisner's Awards for, mm-hmm. for this really? year. Why so, is it only, only recently they've done it in English? Only like this year? Or last no, year? No, I think that was last year. Yeah, last year. At least here in the UK. But the Fanta Graphics... So I thought it was... Was it 2007? 2007, first, yes. Yeah. yeah. And it actually was done first in France... And then a few months later in Spain, despite the fact he's a Spanish, but he has... So the first printing of it was French, for the French market, yeah. French and Belgian, yeah. whatever. Did he do all the, the text in, in French, or did someone else do that for him? Then, I think someone yeah, else did that for him. Uh, yeah. I, think, I think someone else did that for him. Uh, the English version has been translated, um, <clears throat> but I think... I was reading that the English version of it has been translated from the original French. Mm-hmm. So no, not the Spanish. Not the Spanish one. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, it's, I thought it was very moving, um, and at the same time very funny. Yeah. Um, I did it laugh a lot, funny. and also kind of felt at times you know a wee tear coming out. Yeah. Oh, this is so sad because. It's close to you because you'll know someone who's been in that situation, mm. either a friend, family, yeah. either has been in the in the in the sight of having the Alzheimer's or having to take care of someone with mm. Alzheimer's or senile dementia. Increasingly, that's a reality for uh, for people with uh, folk living longer, and you're yeah. having to deal with this with your your parents or you know someone that it is. Yeah, it can be a lot of fun. I've been there. <laughs> Mm. So yeah, it's, that's how it starts at the beginning. You say he's, it looks like a bang, you know. It's like, well, you know, with, with your salary is really in your income. We can't really afford to do this. Mm. And suddenly yeah, he yeah. realizes. And then the son says, "You are not in a bank. You stopped working many years ago. The only thing that I want you to do is to have your dinner. It's late again, and every single time you are washed in your head." Because they say, so he's that, and, mm. and that has, then he opens his eyes, well, so, he realizes he has a, a bowl of soup in his hand, he's not yeah. in a bank, mm-hmm. and he's just moving. So it covers the family's uh, You'll perspective, see perspective. And the, yeah, the, but it's mostly the, the perspective of the character. So, even the cover with the, the yeah. photos, the memories. Like the, the memories are falling away. Head, See, that's, yeah. that's the character, that's the lady that thinks she's in the Orient Express. Yeah. 
that he's losing his head, he's losing his memories, and then right back. That's another. That's another of the characters that the only thing he wants to talk is when he won this race because he was in athletics. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is another character who's a really cheeky chappy, he's stealing money from anyone and everyone. Uh, but at the but as you read the story, at the beginning you think, what what bastard, look at him. He's, he's taking advantage of all of them. And then as you read them along, actually it's helping him because Don't tell me! You know, that's really, really good. So, yeah, they're sad things, but it's also really... I like little plot lines like that rather than not finding them out. And it's not a a massive... I like like the colouring as well. Yeah, but you see, it changes the colour now. So you go this, he's in the first time, and suddenly it's it's an abrupt cast. Yes. But he feels in that way the first time he went to school. He doesn't know anyone. I like the way it's got some shadows and things, but it's not over the top. It's no, not, it's no, not really not. It's the light on the wall in the classroom. Yeah, it was really nice. nice Have you seen that? It's, yeah, that's yeah. So yeah, it's. How's that, Nando? You've got a new job. How's that coloured? Uh, it's all that look. So just let me say. It's sold. <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. I really enjoy it. I don't know. I wonder what it's. Sorry, what was that? It looks like computer colouring to me. Nicely done. I don't know what thing he uses, but it's well, it's like you get he a normally a he normally colour and there's no variation. It's just yeah. He, he, he tends to use secondary palette colours. Yeah, yeah, it's not bright and in your face, is it? It's and good. and that it is a quite clear line. There's not much hatching there going on, <clears> and that's the style he normally uses. Oh, this is very, this is yeah. very sweet, that one as well. Again, that's a memory, that's a memory. You've sold it. You've sold it. Yeah, sold it. And if you have copies of that now, you'd have probably sold. <laughs> <laughs> they, are, they are available. You can buy them in the UK here. Yeah. They're available in... They're probably bought a Spanish version of them. <laughs> but I don't know, but yeah, it's, it's a good one. So, nice. that's my... Well, then, There's been an animated it's, version it's of it. There's been an, an animated film as What's well. Paco, Paco Roca. Paco Roca. I hope uh, the checks in the post, Paco. For, um, <laughs> 2011, there was an animated film mm. of this. Apparently, it's quite good. I haven't seen it. 2011, oh, yeah. it was an animated film was as it, well. Was it made in Spain or France? Oh. France has a very long history of animation. They've got one the name of the guy who made it apparently is Ignacio Ferreras, which I would think is Spanish, but there was another name as well called, and I think it might be a collaboration with yeah. France. Because Spain also did collaborations with Japan. I'm surprised you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it yet. This book was introduced to me by a friend in Menorca last year. Ah, and oh, then, so it's relatively new to you. As and well. it was exactly, right. and um, he introduced the Carton is Winter yeah. that I brought. I got and this one, away that it was and about and Alzheimer's when I saw that. Last summer, I got the Carton is Winter, and uh, at winter, I got this one. <coughs> there was another one that I wanted to buy, but I didn't have room in my cabin language <laughs> <laughs> to come back home. That's a bit because I only work around home lately. And there was another one is uh, called. I think it's called The House, and it's about experiences and memories about a house that he has lived, or trying to get the feeling from it, all the sentiments and right, things right, right. when you move or you leave house. Oh, I like that. A house that you bought, or maybe it was your, had a personal thing. 
So there's all this. There's always a link with the with your I don't know memories, feelings, mm. sentiments. There's always right. something there yeah. he wants to express, mm. and I think he's very good at that. Yeah, it it, it very visual, and without having to over decorate the page. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, oh, you, you very get, simple. Looks very simple, but it's so difficult to get that. He gets the story across. You could get that entire story across without even words. It was. I was picking up on it just. For yeah, the yeah, yeah, it yeah. Great. It just adds obviously the dialogue mm -hmm. and it adds a lot of depth on it. Mm -hmm. But certainly, it's very visual. You could read, you could look into it, and you pick up the story and you understand what's happening. So yeah, strong recommend that one. Sold. Amazing. Oh, I think it's my turn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Uh. First of all, I'll get this one out of the way. Many of you mentioned the death of Superman last time, so I brought it in so your questions can be answered. <laughs> whether it's about Guy Gardner or Superman himself or Doomsday. You know we. Look through there. Oh, I'm, I'm very acquainted. Pass that to somebody else. They're all good. Okay. That's my first That's my favourite. Oh, that's my favourite. I bought it in Dundee when uh, James Stems was open. Oh, good um, Yeah, it was a Scottish book chain mm -hmm. which uh, closed down after about 160 odd years, sadly. Oh, Yeah. <clears throat> One of the oldest booksellers in, in what Britain. What's it called? James Stens. It's where the Clydesdale is now. Stens. Yeah. James Stens. Clydesdale is now. Yeah, they used to have quite a few in England as well. I think the comic shop in Dundee is going to be closing soon. That's right. That's right. What, next month or is it July? Yeah, end of June. End of June. All right. He said somebody had made an offer or was interested in getting all these stocks. He has. Yeah. He has. Okay. He he's managed to do it. Oh, you managed to get rid of it? Yeah. Oh, right. There's no big sale. It's all going. Mm -hmm. It's going to be all... It was not, so. and then... Apparently, then, the guy came back to him and said yes. And it's like, they all... Yes, no, yes. So, yeah. so he's managed to get the... They got the stuff in there. Well, I've brought a couple of graphic novels about characters who were evil, but in different ways. I brought, uh, before I brought a Battle Angel later uh, graphic novel, and these are fairly graphic. Um, this one is the second series, it's called Last Order. So I brought volume 6 and vo volume 7. And she, uh, she, she has these repressed memories, she can't figure out what she did in her past. Because, largely because the author, uh, uh, Yukito Kishiro, uh, didn't actually know what to write at the time he created the character, so he gave himself a, a bit of a leeway by making her a character who didn't have, who had memory issues. And she is ultra-violent, as are many of the other characters. In these ones, she's fighting a tournament, and she's also learning about her past. And here, in the end of the volume 6, she sees herself before she lost her memories, a character called Yoko. Uh, possibly the creator was a fan of the Beatles, maybe that's mm. where he got the name. And she's uh, a space terrorist. 
She's killed many people, uh, an assassin. And is she covered in blood? Or yep, blood, plenty of blood. She, she really is a, a complete and utter assassin, and there's uh, lots of bodies getting mangled up there, and she's now covered in her victims. Um, she is uh, an ultra killer. Now she's dressing up as a maid, uh, as many characters do, where she's going to do some, uh, some more assassinations. Um, she plants a bomb, destroys an entire <laughs> space colony. Now, uh, Alita herself, after her memories were lost to her, she did. She was still a killer, but she was a bounty hunter. So she was sort of, in comic terms, on the side of good. So you might as well make some money out of it. Yes, and uh, the message here is a sort of redemption one. So she she's captured, and. Uh, She's put on trial. Her arms and legs are basically ripped off of her <laughs> her body because she's so dangerous. And she's thrown out into space where she's burned up, incinerated. But 200 years later, her brain is still intact and she's discovered by Dr. Ido who raises her to be a good person but still a killer all the same. Um, but here, Alita, and this is where the message kind of comes in, she meets herself in her own head. Mm -hmm. um, so herself, her younger self, is saying um, about how she must hate her. She breaks down, says, no one's ever loved me, that sort of thing. And then Alita, like, hugs her and says, I am you. And then she says she'll never give mm -hmm. up on herself. And having done that, her previous self just vanishes, disappears. So... Um, the message there is sort of like, have, have pride in yourself, um, be a good person, although the, although the individual has killed masses of people. Um, I'm going to say, yeah, yeah. Just, just forget about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, forget about it. When you see some of the other characters in here, you will see that the mass murdering version of Alita is actually one of the nicer characters. Yeah, this fella, this big, massive... Yes, uh, that's uh, not his normal, not his normal uh, body size. The match is starting. Don't rush me. What year is it? Ork. Wow, it's a nice size. It's a nice size. So, have you read all of these? Oh yeah, I've got, I've got both series. And I'm wishing that he brings out a third one so he can end it all. Right. Uh, I'm not going to say what happens at the end of each one. How did that bread survive 200 years? Well, it's covered, covered with a cyborg. She's in a cyborg body. So she started out human, but something really bad happened to her. They managed to take the brain out. This is a sort of cyberpunk, a post-apocalyptic world where yeah. they have all the best technologies, but everyone else is kind of in squalor. So cyborgs are created and her casing protected her brain and kept it intact for 200 years. Mm. But most of the memories were kind of uh, repressed. Not completely gone because she can get them back at various times. That's some good casing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. But then again, you know, there's lots of themes in the series saying, are you human? Mm -hmm. uh, if you're a brain in a box, does that make you truly human? And then the, the master race group they are people who don't have brains. They have microchips in their skulls. So they say, are you still human? The brain's not there, but the body's there. 
Interesting, so, we keep uh, touching on memory. Yeah. And, and all our choices. This is... This is the one, the first one that came to mind when uh, we mentioned messages. Nice. You all know of uh, Thanos um, as one of the most evil characters in uh, uh, Thanos Redemption. One of the most evil characters in Marvel. At one point he managed to kill half of the universe. Including all the microorganisms, all the plants, all the animals, all the superheroes, nothing was immune. That's when he got the Infinity Gauntlet. And even Mephisto, the, the Marvel version of the devil, was with him. And Thanos just goes like that. And half the universe is wiped out casually. And he always has a big grin when he's doing these things. And Mephisto's, he's even shaking. He's like, I, can't, I don't believe he's going to do it. So Thanos has done all these evil things. Even death has rejected him. Of all yes. the characters, the, grim, the, the female version of the Grim Reaper doesn't want anything else to do with Thanos. Well, wasn't that a lot of the reason the he was doing yeah, stuff? Yeah, he was probably involved with death. Yeah. 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 yeah, so he was here, rejected. Thanos yeah. is trying to make up for his past. He'll never be a hero, but he might touch on anti-hero, only just. He, um, he's looking for redemption, hence the title. Yeah, and it's separated into two different chapters. So the first chapter, he discovers there's an evil presence even greater than him. Yeah, you often see Thanos sort of meditating. He's always in deep thought. Look at that visual. Yeah, well, some of, the, some of the uh, graphics are pretty intense in this one as well. It is Jim Starman. No, he's writing it. Yeah. Al Milgram. No, he's writing a pencil. Uh, oh, pencil, yeah, yeah. Yeah, writing a pencil. Wow. Al Milgram is the inker. Wow. And there's a lot of colourists um, and letterers. And <laughs> uh, he gives you a, a cameo by Adam Warlock. Uh, of course he does. Great. Look at that. Lots of bright psychedelic colours. Adam Warlock has a sort of complicated relationship with Thanos. So he goes, goes through Thanos' past and Thanos is sort of thinking up of these past memories. There's a Drax the Destroyer in his original yes. form. Yeah, it's can be, isn't it? It's uh, Starling. So they're all fighting against Thanos. They're all, most of the time, they're losing against Thanos. Although deep down, there's this idea that Thanos, the reason he loses is because he wants to. So uh, he goes to uh, another planet where uh, he basically destroyed half the population. First thing they want to do is get rid of him, but he's actually there to help them, believe it or not. And um, he also he also encounters um, another familiar face, Galactus. He's a bad boy, isn't he? Yes. And Thanos is worse than Galactus, and he's beaten him in the past. But here he's trying to reason with Galactus. Are they both baddies? They are both baddies. But at times one is one is badder than the other. Well, 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 well. Thanos tries to reason with Galactus by. Uh, putting some sort of mind warp on him and appearing as the same size as Galactus. And Thanos tries to reason with them, don't be worried about, about the size difference and uh, the, the, thing that Thanos, uh, the thing that Galactus tries to do is tries to um, fight back. Um, so Thanos has to make a, a bit of a retreat. Um, oh, Puck. What's his name again? Is it Puck or Pit? Pit. 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 One of Adam Warlock's pals. Yeah. Created by Jim Starr as well. Mm -hmm. So, 
he battles Galactus, and then there's the uh, the other enemy in this. There's a sort of hidden creature, and uh, Thanos needs Galactus's help to get rid of this guy. But of course, Galactus remembers what Thanos did to him during the Infinity War, so it's a very hard task for him. Now, um, have you read the the seventies Warlock? A wee bit. Um, right. I read I read some of it from uh, Thanos versus the Avengers. Yes. Oh, right. So there's Galactus having uh, faced uh, Thanos, but it's not over. He's uh, quite pissed at this point. That would be if I was standing half naked facing the But at the end of the day, <laughs> Thanos does manage to uh, overcome his up. adversaries. That's the first Both. chapter. Thanos versus uh, uh, Galactus. But then you've got again this sign of redemption here. He's remembering his past crimes. So he goes out to a, a colony in deep space and there's an absolute hilarious uh, moment. Like he's, he's dressed up uh, sort of like in disguise. He goes to an alien colony where guys like him would be, uh, um, you know, he could easily miss them. And he goes into a police station and uh, there's a human there. I, I'm not sure who he is, but... Um, is that somebody else doing the art now? Uh, this is a different story, so... Uh, uh, looks like it's changed. Only. Uh, yeah. So, um, he goes into a police station, and they're bickering amongst themselves, and they don't want to know him. They say, oh, go, go, uh, go away, mind your own business. You're still here. Um... What do you make of this then, he says. And Thanos pulls his hood down and says, What do you make of this? All of a sudden, they, knew, they all know what sort of shit they're in. <laughs> and one of them tries to shoot Thanos several times. And then all he does is say, uh, There are protocols here, aren't there? He's uh, very tolerant at this point. So uh, the guy takes Thanos uh, away. Thanos is there for a reason, to try and help things. Uh, so he takes him onto that. Space, uh, space prison. There's a. What? Why is he trying to help? Oh, um. Trying to gain some. Some. So he's trying to change his ways. Trying to be a, a hero. Oh. And on top of that. What brought that on them? Oh, on top of that, it's been about three years since I've read this. Uh, but uh, you do get. Is that meant to be mistake on the Dragon Ball uniform or something? Does it kind of look like? No, that's a prison outfit. Right. Uh, for some reason. Uh, uh, Gladiator is in the prison. Right. As is Star Lord, who you have seen a wee moment. Star Lord's in this. So I think I think Thanos has sensed the presence. Uh, Come on, mate. And also, this is a Beyonder, in his female version. And the Beyonder, I think this is what attracted Thanos because he sensed the Beyonder was here. Inside this wee wee capsule, there's something called uh, a screech. Or a scree, a scree, I think yeah, she called. She looks like the wasp, but she's like a, an elder gods type character. <coughs> Very old, but almost invulnerable. Well, there's Star Lord. He seems to have some oh, sort of uh, cybernetic uh, enhancements there. No, but I do believe he is. Uh, that is him. Uh, Gladiator seems to have a weird level of uh, respect for Thanos. I guess maybe they never actually fought each other in the past. It's, uh, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a trippy 
It's yeah. a good one, but it looks good. Uh, in the end, Thanos battles, uh, battles one of Galactus' minions. So, uh, we'll pass this round. Yeah. The classic Warlock, uh, Warlock by Jimmy Starlin is mm-hmm. very much like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And that was one of the first ones made in super- superheroes. Mm. And that sort of idea. But it touches lots of big themes, because it touches about religion, about good, evil, about reincarnation, yeah. about destiny, about... No. Is this an ongoing series, Thanos? No, you'll get one off about Thanos. So um, that's a collected uh, of two stories. When you were on about a Galactus, that normally evil. Yeah, this Galactus not got a version of himself at the, mo- at the moment. It's like Galactus the life. Well, to me, Galactus like in the Marvel universe has never been evil. He just eats planets. That's yeah, what yeah. he does. He's okay. a, but he's not necessarily evil. He doesn't do it because he feels like he wants to do it. He did it because he needs to eat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good... Uh, and the thing is, when he first appeared in the Jackie and Stanley eat of the Fantastic Four, that's what he does. He just divorced planets. Mm-hmm. You, We may not understand his reasoning, but at the end of the day, he's like a god. Yeah. We, mm. we don't... We cannot understand his listening. There's a good story um, with uh, Galactus going to war against the Asgardians. It's a recent one. You see him sitting on the moon, right beside the, the moon landing site, and he's got drool coming out of his mouth when he's looking at the air. But um, he fights the Asgardians, and Odin fights them, and they're, they're tricks, because they're doing mind control of each other. So what Odin does is he goes back into uh, uh, Galactus's past at the previous universe, and you see Galacta as, uh, as his uh, former self, like normal size. He's like discovering what's happening to the end of the universe. And he's like, he's at dinner parties and all that. And it's like, hang on, I didn't learn about this in the dinner party. I learned this in my laboratory. Odin, you're screwing with my mind. Yeah, man, nah, I wouldn't agree with that. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll <laughs> that wouldn't work for me. There is a comic of Fantastic Four in the 80s. Uh, that was by John Byrne and his uh, mm. the Trial of Galactus. Uh, it's called the Trial of Galactus, but it's not really about Gala- uh, the Trial of Galactus. It's really the Trial of Richard, mm. which is the Fantastic Four. But they explained it about Galactus, and and he explains, Richard explains that Galactus himself, we shouldn't kill him because he's part of the universe. He's part mm. of life. He's not necessarily dead, but if if you kill him, you would end up. In a chain reaction that could affect the whole universe itself, and that's that's a good one. And there's another one about Galactus, which is by Jack Kirby. It's been reprinted a few times, but I think it was from this early seventies, and it's the origin of Galactus. And he explains about him. He originally was from this universe and this uh, society and this planet where they were ahead of everything yeah. and, and he wanted to investigate he wanted to find out the end of the universe what was beyond that what, what was happening but he didn't realize he was playing with forces beyond his skin and then a tragic happens and then he became part of that energy part of that like have, have you ever seen the tip, the cartoon series, the episode when he met Omnipotus, the, the Galactus version, and the tip ended up being his companion, yeah. and he ended up having to go right behind his back and scratch itches that the Omnipotus couldn't reach. <laughs> They did a version when the doctor was on the sleep last night, they did a Galactus in that, and he 
what it's called, but he went around and he didn't eat planets, he redecorated them. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I can't remember what it's Neb- Neb- Mr. Nebula, it might have been. Mr. Nebula. And he was very much the same as Galactus, but it was all these mad colours, and his taste was terrible. That's what it was, and he just totally changed the planets. Like that guy, what was that guy with all that hair? In the back? Lawrence Little Yeah. Movie. Changing rooms. Yeah. Hey. Mm. Did his own line of paint. Mm. Yeah. It was awful. And it was the Scarlet Skier. That was his hair. Oh, the Scarlet <laughs> Skier. And found planets for him. Scarlet Skier. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Black race. Oh, the Black Race. Yeah. 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 Big skiing. Grimming. But... This is what they'll build do, up to do in the uh, in, um, Marvel Universe Galactus films. Galactus quite well mm-hmm. in Secret Wars in the 80s. You remember? Yes, yes. I and there was that. a bit where they were they were fighting on the planet, and Reed Richards, Galactus pulled Reed Richards up to his spaceship. Yes. To speak to him. And yes. I remember, and I always was I was struck reading it. I was, I was on August 11 or something, and, and Reed Richards was like he went, like Galactus went Reed Richards or something, and he and he went, I am honoured to be acknowledged by Galactus, <laughs> and I thought, oh my god, that was a good opening line. Yes. <laughs> because you had always thought of him as being like a, a villain or someone to be somebody to be defeated anyway. Yeah. So for Reed Richards to say that. But it wasn't a villain per se, like I don't know. It wasn't like He wasn't looking for world domination. He was looking for He just wanted to eat the world, didn't he? Yeah. 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 It wasn't nothing about world domination, it was it's, just hungry. It's just hungry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very you know. Yeah. Primal force. Yep. <laughs> to be fair. Yep. Bizarrely, something I forgot to say is that death is actually in this one as well, but uh, strangely, a little girl, and she actually right. talks to Thanos. Right. And says that she's worth waiting on. Wow. So, um, mm-hmm. That's not creepy. No. <laughs> but on the other hand, no, these days, it's not creepy at all. These yeah, days, death is seen with uh, Deadpool more yeah. often. But Thanos, I think, rejects her, so. Her noble woman. <laughs> Having wiped out half the universe for her. So, really, in, in, all, in all actuality, um, Galactus is more a physical representation of natural selection and order. Some yeah, of it, yeah. 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 Yeah, in the Marvel Universe, they, they have these magnificent beings that represent yeah. the universe. Mm-hmm. Like there's Eternity, there's the Living mm-hmm. Tribunal, yeah. there's uh, the Watcher, yeah. there is Galactus, there, there are Chaos, there's Order, there are several representations, mm. which in classic mythology would be well, a pantheon of different gods yeah. that you would choose for particular things to represent the universe. But in the Marvel Universe, they have those characters. And Galactus is one of them. Yeah, high evolutionary. Yeah, ah, yeah, yeah, another one, yeah. So all these <coughs> big characters. Is that the name of someone? Mm. Yeah. High for sure. He's probably he was, he was getting uh, He was the main villain in Spider-Man Unlimited. Oh, the cartoon. It's a cartoon, yeah. And it's a shame that only went on for one series because kids found it really complicated, but teenagers and adults really enjoyed it. <laughs> and it ended on a, 
No, what do you call it? Um, yeah. It, it was really good. You had like a hero green goblin and a hero vulture in this separate universe. Um, but the high evolutionary had these sort of like. Uh, actually, you probably wouldn't really like it. Blinders. <laughs> it's a bright you, light. <laughs> you wouldn't like it because the the planet was run by animal people. Oh, anthropomorphic Really? <laughs> the Vulcan hand signal. Oh, really? Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, 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 I'm, not, I'm not doing that. But you said it now, though. Yeah. That's like the worst thing to do. I thought just so that Tom would feel better about not liking the, uh, the animal so further. You're, you're racist. Yeah, but we can't just have some man doctor walk in <laughs> and freak him out, can we? But the Vulcans can be done every single time. <laughs> you can do it with sticks. <laughs> I would actually think it'd be quite funny if a man dog walked in. It would be, but it'd freak him out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, it's going to be hard not to do it, so I'm... Okay, I'll try not to do it. I'm lonely. Are you doing it with long on... No, no, I've got Star Trek socks on. Ah. <laughs> but no, I'm not sure. Are you okay with this? That's actually quite fine. That's, no, that's alright. Right. Is it a hatred thing? Is it a hatred thing? What? Hatred. Yeah, I just don't like it. Oh, okay, right. fair enough. No, because like, someone who I know on Facebook today, I never, really, never realised what he put up a post about. Absolutely hating Star Wars and anyone that is a Star Wars fan because of obviously made the fourth. Mm. People must have Speaking been right. People must have been right and stuff. What did you saw? The what? Good use of his time. It was good that you shared that. What him? Yeah. Well, yeah, I know, but I thought, wow, that's extreme. It's like, oh, and all them grown men that use it use it as a basis for ideals, and then mm-hmm. like Jedi is wow, like, you've got a really. Deep air traffic, <laughs> something that. I mean, I don't know anyone who actually, you know, is part of that Jedi Church or whatever. But no, but I don't think that you know. I don't. People said they were Jedi yeah. during two thousand one census, you know, so that they get it classed as an official religion. What is good to prevail over evil in that very simplistic yeah. way is necessarily a bad thing. I spotted the Green Lantern, by the way. It's cool. Ooh. You think I, suppose, I suppose it's oh, just it's because uh, <laughs> it's almost a principle. Like, you, you missed my uh, t-shirt unveiling. That's I, I, I'm wearing someone who's not principled in any way. Are you sure it is? Yes, yes. So, yes, yes. so I'm advertising. Yeah, you're advertising. Loki! Right. Yeah. Cool. What was that we were saying about Loki? Uh, oh yeah, his first appearance was in the Atlas comics. Oh yes, we um, he was cla- he he was mistakenly referred to as a Greek god, mm-hmm. and uh, he was the main villain in the story. But there was no Thor or anything like that. This was Loki, a villain <laughs> against uh, uh, characters I don't believe are held by uh, or sort of carried on. Yeah. Jack Kirby drawn up, is it? 
No, no, this was like 1940s. No, he was working there. Was he? Mm -hmm. Ah. I'll have to double check. Because he did four as well at DC in the 50s, I think. Ah. Did it? What, and then brought it over to. Yeah. Completely oh, different it. incarnation, though, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because see with Thanos, I mean, uh, he's. I must have said this story as well. Thanos, we all know, was taken from Darkseid. But when mm -hmm. the original uh, artist was drawing him, he drew him as a small skinny man mm -hmm. on a chair. And his editor came up to him and says, Look, beef him up a bit. He said, why? Because if you're going to rip DC's new gods, rip off the one that's any good. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that is a quote that you'll find on the internet as well. Jesus. Right. I think it was John Starlin right from the beginning. Yeah, it was the uh, Yeah, Iron Man. Was that an Iron Man comic? That's so right. is that what they're building up to? Yeah. And a confrontation with Thanos. But I don't know. He's ahead at the end of what? What was the one that he said? He's in the end of what? He appeared in the end of Avengers, and he was in a couple of bits of Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one. And he was in the end of. The second Avengers film as well, where he put the glove on. Ah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which has been quite rightly pointed out that how's he got the glove if in one of the Thor films they've got the glove downstairs? I think they're kind of hinting that he managed to get inside and take the glove because uh, because of the chaos that's happening in Asgard. Ah, right, okay. But I think we'll probably find out a bit more with Ragnarok, hopefully. Uh, I'm looking forward that's to that. The only, that's the only news I've got is did anybody see the trailer for Thor Ragnarok? I yes. do believe I thought, uh, I thought it said Fraggle Rock. <laughs> Fraggle Rock, oh well, yeah. If Fraggle there was a trailer Rock, for Fraggle, Fraggle, Fraggle Rock, Fraggle Rock. Fraggle Rock. Gobo's Revenge. Yeah. Love Fraggle Rock. I think Uncle Traveling Mac was cool. <laughs> How we were all referred to as the silly creatures. <laughs> they made bridges out of little bits of see-through plastic. Those yeah. little green things. The little green things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. 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 fascinating. And then those big guys that say, oh, yeah, fraggle, yeah, yeah. they just grab them for no reason. They wanted to keep them as pets. Yeah. yeah. And there was that dirt pile which was able to sing, if I mind right. Yeah, she was the... Uh, it's all because I watched it relatively recently with my kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the... Uh, the, uh, the oh, what's she called? The... Uh, the Red. No, Wembley. Trash. Oh, oh Trash. Uh, I can't remember her name. Trash woman or something. Anyway. Um, anyway, yeah. It's <laughs> not Fraggle Rock. Ragnarok, did you say? Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. Did they make a Fraggle Rock film? They made a cartoon and they made several uh, puppet series, but I don't know if they ever made a film that was released in the cinema. Maybe they made a film. That wouldn't have done that idea. Might have worked out well. See, the Muppets worked well. Yeah, the Muppets are the Muppets. Remember that school where uh, oh, we used to sing out? It's still the same company, it's still Jim Henson. Down Fraggle Rock, grab a Fraggle, buy the cock. <laughs> <laughs> now the Fraggle's head. Jack him in the bin. Boy, he makes an awful bin. Oh, we sung awful all the time, didn't we? So all the time. That's what kids did. They, they got these tunes and they changed it, adapted it. To suitable stuff for, for schools. Because yeah. we were I all young. I knew that word when I was at school. At well, we time. knew of it before we went to yeah. school. Not, uh, when, not at that age when I was watching Fraggle Rock. No. I, I bet your kids I think I was still on Willie. Eh? I think I was still on Willie. <laughs> I still smirk at that. 
Well, really? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> we mentioned uh, Captain Pugwash characters earlier, and one of them is called when Big was, Willie. When was Ashford and Simpsons solid? <coughs> eh? When was Ashford and Simpsons solid? Solid. 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 Because I don't know what age it was when that came out, but we weren't saying solid as a willy. Something that rhymes with rock. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. What rhymes with rock again? Spock. Spock. Oh no, we can't go there. No, no, we can't go there. No, no, don't do it. That's that's like the the Roger Rabbit scene uh, when Bob Hoskins is singing to the Sergeant Weasel. And he says, if, if I, uh, it's, I'm bouncing, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing off the walls. I don't know, it's, uh, yeah, without that gun, I'd have some fun, I'd kick you in there, and then a bottle falls on top of his head, and uh, the weasel goes, no, Roger Abbott goes, nose. And the weasel says, nose, that doesn't ring with walls. And Bob Hoskins says, no, but this does. And kicks, kicks him between the legs. Yeah, 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 remember that. So how is this the third Thor film? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Number three. I thought the first one was good. The second one was better. What you were thinking? How did this happen? Thor's <laughs> still. Well, it's a long story. Right. Well, he comes out. So when they did the comics, they decided we'll make Nella to be a lot more intimidating by have her be a lot older. Uh, so instead of being Loki's daughter, at that point she's Loki's daughter from the previous one. <laughs> we know each other. Hmm? He's a friend from work. <laughs> See, I thought they were going to do a separate Hulk. Planet Hulk. Planet Hulk. Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. Hulk yeah. When was um, when was that out in comic form? Ragnarok. That was Walter Simonson. Mm. Well, that was in the 80s. Yeah, uh, Peter Ray Bell. That was in the 80s. 1980s. Walter Simonson. He did for a few years. He did Thor. I mean, he brought Thor towards the more the mythology of the Scandinavian origin. Uh, okay. He introduced the Ragnarok and Sorter and, yep. and Hela and Hale and all these elements that they were there originally but kind of forgotten in, in the, the superhero oh, okay. comics and he brought the back kind of in the origins. Right. And but this film looks like it's been mixed with also uh, Planet Hulk as you were saying it's just a wee bit of a 
mix my ass there. I have high hopes for that one, but just because of who's behind it is uh, a director called uh, Taika Waititi. And he works, he's a New Zealand director. He just did a film called Hunt for the Wilder People. had Sam Neill in it. Um, it's a, such a great film, but he's, he's such a unique writer-director. I think he could really bring a, 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 a kind of beautiful, good value of film, No, they tend to do that quite a lot. Right. They tend to take smaller... Smaller sort of directors to start off with and then build it up like think beat of, the life out of them. Yeah, basically. Endless. Think of think of um, think of John Favreau when when he first came up doing the first Iron Man film. He wasn't really anything. He was only really known for swingers and um, doing like small TV shows that oh, were right. all based around him. And then you know he takes on Iron Man and becomes the next big oh, thing. Right. Does Jungle Book or everything like that? You know. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I know. But, uh, do you know what I mean? Like, so. Has anyone seen the second Guardians? I've not. No, have I not yet? Not yet. <sighs> do you not think that that trailer looks very much like the whole Guardians oh, yeah. outlook? Like the, the, the font, the music, like everything. So, yeah, there's yeah, gonna be yeah. something that's gonna try to do them. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. time to link everything together. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not interested in them really much anymore. But that one looks decent enough to sort of go and see on its own. I'm not gonna watch any of the rest of them. Probably Wonder Woman. Nope. No. No. Nope. Well, what? I'm not gonna go and see Wonder Woman. I want to see it anymore. Wonder Woman. Done. I watched, I watched Logan recently. Oh yeah, that's what I would, what I thought. Did you like so, that? My nephew saw that, he said it was really That face says no. Yeah, it was good, but... The cinema's like it or something. Yeah, it was good, but I was just sad by the end of it. And I don't want to see a film and feel sad. I want to feel, see a film and feel entertained. I don't want to come away from it being like, Jesus, and just being bereft and really upset. I just felt really... St- it really just violent sad. as just well. Really sad. Yeah, it's really violent. Yeah, he was saying it's really violent yeah. and really sad. Yeah, really sad. He's like 17. Like, like, the, the, just a few months. Wolverine just can't catch a bloody break. Oh, Logan. Yeah. Nah, uh, yeah. It should be Wolverine at the end. That's what yeah, yeah. Been told, though. It was just... Oh, it was all man Logan. That yellow cup of tea? It's so heavy. Well, Wolverine in the end. Hmm. <laughs> Logan's suffering for the entire film. Not really. No. I like the first two X Men. Yeah. I like the Days of Future Past one. That was alright. That was good. Yeah. Is that the one where they explain like the JFK assassination and stuff? Yeah. 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 Because I remember a comic, old Logan. That's yeah, yeah, that's what it was based on. Based on that, yeah. Well, some kind of, of, yeah, kind of, kind of, yeah. Well, yeah. Did you read the? It's just get elements. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. really get was the comics. Yeah, it, 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 it. I was going to say bits from it. If you haven't read it, I, I won't mention anything. But yeah, it, it it's not bad. I'm just thinking that Hell was the deceased wife of Rotwang in Fritz Lang's Metropolis. H E L. Bit yeah. of trivia. The deceased wife. Mm-hmm. The one that um, so she was Rotwang and the industrialist had been yeah. both after, but mm. she married uh, Rotwang and she died and he made Maria. Oh, ah. okay. So was she actually in it or was she dead no, before? No, it? she was. Yeah. Okay. But she's referred you know, on yeah. backstory. There's a Japanese version where 
his, his wife is not there, but he had a daughter, I think called Tina, Tina or Tina, and she died. So the robot that's made is actually based on his daughter mm -hmm. in the Japanese one, in the cartoon, the animated film. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the comparisons that I made to uh, Logan, <coughs> I said, uh, probably won't watch it again, though. No, as it made me sad. Like it was a good movie, but it made me sad. I compared it to other films I really like, but it made me sad as follows: Once, Rise mm -hmm. of the Planet of the Apes, Pursuit of Happiness, Seven Pounds, The Notebook, uh, Green Mile, and Search for Midnight Kiss. And what dreams may come? If anybody knows any of those films, they're all extremely sad and should not really warrant a seven, seven pounds or seven grams. Seven, oh, no. seven pounds. Seven pounds. Wow. Uh, seven grams. They're all really good films, but they just don't warrant a second watch. It is, they just make you so depressed. Is like Rise, Rise of the Planet Apes, is that because of John Lithenbrough's character? That's sad, but the whole story is just sad overall. Like it's just it's like giant misunderstanding after giant misunderstanding that just leads to complete annihilation. It's just, I'm kind of, by the end of it, I'm just bereft, and I just don't understand why everybody needs to be so sad in films. <laughs> Can I just, come on, eh? Like, per couple of weeks. Well, it's like music as well, isn't it? It's like, yeah. if you do sad songs, that's worthy, and that's good. Yeah. If you do happy songs, well, okay, but it's a shame, isn't it? Yeah. That's what so I mean, you do that with films. I love, yeah. happy, I love a good happy it's song. It's hard, it's also harder to do happy stuff. Well, if you're in the mood for it, if you're, it's one of the, it's, it's that it's that thing. If you're in the mood for it, great. Yeah. If not, you just. <sighs> Does any, anybody remember Tony Basil? Yeah. In nineteen eighty-three, she did the Hey Mickey song, which oh, yeah, I really yeah, liked. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Uh, so I always pretended. Yeah, I was always pretending that she was singing it about me. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that was a really happy, high-spirited song. Um, and lots of people bought it. It was it was, it was like yeah, one hit wonder uh, because her next song was extremely sad and depressing, and no one bought it. Hey, Mickey, so, you're so shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was a bit sad one. Yeah, I hate your yeah. dance. Yeah. If you want to see a picture of her with no clothes on, she plays the prostitute. <laughs> An easy rider that okay. starts off. That too. Thanks, I'm yeah. just taking a note of that. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, quite a Easy rider at the very end, they uh, they go to New Orleans and they get two prostitutes. Yeah, yeah. Karen Black's one of them. Mm. And Tony Basil is the brunette. And they all get stoned oh, in the graveyard oh, and they see, start getting I can feel the outside, but I can't feel the inside. <laughs> yeah. So here's a question. Yeah. Can entertainment be meaningful? Oh, yes. Yeah, Can definitely. It? I think yeah. so. Because um, there's art, which should be meaningful. Oh. There's entertainment, mm -hmm. which can be candy floss. Yes. And then there's the micro meaningful and the macro meaningful. The micro being like this and the macro being like slow death comics. Uh, corporate mm. crime comics, mm -hmm. uh, well, the Viva Vendetta, and, and, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. know the, the, that kind of whole genre, or Alice in Sunderland for that matter. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think, like I said, it's just everybody takes their own meaning from something. So you could take the most what what could be termed as on a grand scale meaningless popcorn thing mm -hmm. that's just meant to be thrown away but it might mean the biggest thing ever to somebody else because they have an emotional tie to it somehow um, yeah. it might have a specific 
memory or, or something that goes with it. So, mm-hmm. you know, that that's completely different to somebody else's perspective on it. So mm-hmm. I think that's, I think in a way, entertainment can be meaning on that. It can be meaningful on that level, mm-hmm. but otherwise, well, I'm not too sure. Well, mm-hmm. it's, it's and and meaningful to who, too? Like the um, the the high modern art cognoscenti that basically 99.9% of the population goes, you paid a million dollars for what? <laughs> and, <laughs> um, uh, and something that would have a, a real common touch that, well, so there's a lot of people could identify with that have been through the whole Alzheimer's fun and games. And... Uh, some of the um, some of the political stuff, maybe anarchy comics or something like this, could touch quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of people. So it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think they're more satisfying the ones that have uh, have a a real meaning that you actually learn something from. So yeah, that's nice. It, yeah, it's mere information meaningful. Or I think it's uh, it's definitely a good thing. It's definitely. Uh, uh, it's good to have that kind of education button and, and actually mm-hmm. take something, feel like you've taken something away from it mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Um, but like that, at the same point, it's also just as rewarding to sit and feel like you've had fun for that, that, that length of time reading something as well. It might not have any sort of great depth or meaning to it, but if you come away with it feeling like you've had a good time, yeah, maybe, that's, feeling happy yeah, maybe that's just as meaningful because that filled that fun aspect for that that moment and, you know then you've got that memory forever of I had fun whilst reading that I had fun whilst experiencing this you know if you can I think well, I don't know what about if you can touch the person if you can touch them inside you've, you've got them mm-hmm. and uh, probably you can't do that with, with information yeah. or with a real good structure, like I think it was Orwell that said something about um, Dickens, rotten architecture, magnificent gargoyles. <laughs> and it's the gargoyles like Quilp and stuff like this yeah. that, actually, that actually touch you. <laughs> yeah, but if you can reach inside a person's experience and enough people's experience and touch them there, you, you, yeah. they're sold. Yep. Yep. Which is why I probably can't get into superheroes and manga and stuff because how can how can you relate to to a to a superhero? Yeah, mm-hmm. it just it just depends on what your personal tastes are. That's, yeah. I think that's what it is. It all just depends on someone's personal tastes and perspective and everything. You know, you've got mm-hmm. to take all that into account. Um, telling up what something means to somebody. You know, mm-hmm. that was that was the whole point was that I wanted to. I wanted to try and express that when you put something with a meaning, it might mean something totally different to somebody else. You know, it's, it's meaning and, and messages mm-hmm. don't necessarily get across the same message or the same meaning to one other person. You know, and it can takes, be layered too. So yeah. there can be something that's superficially, you know, a happy thing, but if you kind of go a little deeper, you realize, whoa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the like we were talking about earlier about. The villain who's just like a straight black hat yep. mm-hmm. villain, but then if you you do some backstory about how they got like that, a bit like the I think it was a killing joke for mm-hmm. for, for the Joker, like yeah. how he he got like that. It fleshes out the character a bit, mm-hmm. as indeed they're always trying to do with Batman, trying to take him yeah. back to how he became Batman. Mm-hmm. My uh, 
my contribution is based on memories as well, like you pointed out before. Oh. It's a really well-known one as well, but I thought I'd bring it anyway because it's about obviously isolation and, oh. and loneliness <gasps> and stuff. Thank you, Jimmy Corrigan. Oh, nice. The smartest kid in the world. Have you ever seen it? I've still not read it. And have you got it? No, I've not. <gasps> have you read? Uh, who's read it? I read it. Yeah. I've seen some of it. Have you read it? No, no. Oh, so oh, it's a beautiful book. It goes it through beautiful. different generations of <laughs> this guy. God, it's sad sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, actually, you might not want to read it. <laughs> no, no, honestly, you might not want to read it. No, I think it's so weird. You'd appreciate it, but there is a lingering Yeah, pain there's, cer- there's, cer- there's certain things that can still... But it's beautiful. There's certain, certain mm. things that are worth, a beautiful worth going through pain for. Yeah. That inside cover's painful in itself, <coughs> just trying to read it. Look at it. Yeah, I remember it was. Did you not bring a big yeah, massive? Right. Yeah, what was that again? I mean, normally number seven. Yeah, and we opened one of the pages, yeah, just enormous. one, and it was. That's nice. Yeah. Right in it's it's usually really good stuff, though. If you do. Oh, if you, if yeah. and read it. Does he work on a big scale and then shrink it down, or does he work on that small yeah, scale? Yeah, he does work. Big scale. He yeah. must work on one giant scale. Yeah. Pages just. Beautiful book. It's gorgeous. Isolation, desolation, loneliness. What was the other one? That you did? Sadness. It's it's got it all in there. That's through different gen- Yeah, no, no. Through different generations as well. Um. There's a bit actually where he becomes friend with an Italian. Do you mm. recall that bit? Where he starts going round there and he's liking it because he's getting fed and has fun and stuff. It's just like, oh. I'd just become a dad then as well when I started reading that. Mm. So it was even more oh. kind of, oh. But yeah. Different. It'll take a while, but it's worth the pain that will linger. What for years? <laughs> the thing I like of those comics is the first look at it. You think it's emotionless. It's very kind of mm. quadriculated, sort of cold setup. I think so. Yeah. But he's, he's, as you're reading, he's prone to death. It's actually very emotional. Yeah. And there is that connection which is so difficult. But yeah. As you look at it, you think he's prone to the very square, so, and, yeah. but actually, it's a lot of emotion. There is, yeah. It's a funny book to kind of on a kind of inconsequential, stupid side note. It's an odd book to store. Oh, yeah. Because of the format. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's short and stout and long. <laughs> so it sticks out from the rest when you got it next to your, well, your, your no. little books, if you know. Why not all the same? So why books that's, should be all the same? <laughs> that's um, Peanuts and Calvin and Hobbes. The mm. most awkward things to keep on a shelf because they're just the odd sizes. So they don't right. match with anything else. So it's mad. He's another character, haven't he? I'm familiar yeah. with his style. 
You're roasting my grandson of That's what I don't think. I don't think he's written a lot though, has he? Into, I don't <coughs> think he's got a massive output. Chris Ware? Chris Ware. Well, he does, it? he still does the Acme series. Oh. I think every time they come up there, they're like a hardback book. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, right, I don't know what that is. <coughs> really good stuff. Can I borrow it? Yeah. Thank you. Wow. Don't, don't so blame me, though. <laughs> You'll yeah, get they very rarely survive more than one or two loans in the library. Really? Oh, yeah. They would just come back wrecked. Oh, it fell apart, you know. I mean, it's just, it's made to just collapse. Yeah, you know, it's I'll not, very careful. it's That's not the best there. made, yeah. I'll be very careful. I'm always going I to noticed that when I was reading it, actually, mm. I was like, oh, God, this could easily, yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to go Oh, right, I'll show you what I've been reading lately. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, Alan Hansen's uh, Next Wave, Agents of Hate. Uh, mm -hmm. This is by Warren Ellis. And it's... Dude, you want to know? Yes. Uh, yeah, the Hakusai, yeah. yeah. Wave. Uh, very funny. Oh. Out of the continuity of the Marvel Universe. Mm -hmm. Speaking up characters, secondary characters of third-rate characters that mm -hmm. are kind of forgotten or no yeah. use at the time. And he's doing... There's a lot of dark humor, uh, and he's laughing about the superhero genre itself. Mm -hmm. Even some comics that Warren Ellis has actually written uh, right. in other series, and he's just laughing at that. And it's really good, really, really good yeah. fun. Um, he's Stuart Rickman, he's wow. really changed his style. The artist is the one who does the, oh, I forget the title now, about where there's a war between a planet and their moon, and the ones on the moon, I think, have horns. And the ones on the planet. Oh, uh, Saga. Saga, yeah. yeah. Saga. Saga. It reminds you of that. Isn't that the same artist? Uh, it looks like no, it's no. Fiona Staples that does No, that's oh. Fiona Staples. That's yeah, right. It's, 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 it's a different artist. This looks nothing like Stuart. No, I know. Stuart, no, no, I read that one he did, and it was about the art collector. What was that called again? It was all black and white. It was nothing like this style. No, it didn't. It's Another couple of things I've been. Everything <laughs> is. Last month was the 80th anniversary of the bombardment of Guernica. Mm. It was a town in the Basque country that it was completely destroyed mm. uh, during the Civil War, Spanish Civil War. Mm -hmm. And Paul Preston is a historian and he's done several books. And this is an adaptation in comic of this particular book by Paul Preston. And it's, it's drawn by Jose Pablo Garcia. He's done the adaptation to a, a graphic novel. Mm -hmm. He did another book that I wrote a few months ago, uh, the Spanish Civil War. Yeah. And this is particularly on the Guernica uh, and the Bourbon. Very interesting uh, one. So Guernica's a Basque town. I always wondered yeah. what that was from the Stone Roses. So. Yeah. Is that being is is that is that translated? No. Is that no, that's Spanish. I don't think it's been translated is yet. It not? The it's book not. itself by Paul Preston is actually he's I think it's British, he's English. Is it the same cover by any chance? I know it sounds really strange, but I remember seeing that cover. You like, maybe that, maybe it has been maybe it has like been translated. Well. I don't know. Maybe it has been translated. Yeah. It's either that or it just suggested. But this is the adaptation of a of a book of oh, written by Paul Preston, <laughs> he's an historian, uh, right. and he particularly. Mm. It's interesting in the Spanish Civil War. Mm, mm. He's written a few books about it. And so 
I see the mention of Picasso here. Yes, yes, yes. But yes. did they have that story about when he was in Paris and the German officer came to his studio and there was a Guernica on the wall and the German officer, being somewhat contemptuous of modern art, as they were, said, did you do this in a very offensive tone? And Picasso said, no, you did. I thought it was just great. <laughs> that, 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 it's not there. It's it's not Picasso is there and it shows, but that particular ah, bit is not in there. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And the other one, it's not really comics, but all is related to it. Uh, I was in Barcelona last week and I saw oh, this. Yes. Uh, so, my wife bought me this one, which is the chronology of all the Star Wars comics published to date. Um, which is taken from the 1970s, when Marvel started, and through all the comics by Dark Horse and even the British ones mm -hmm. and I started to do a chronology, put them in chronological order it's, it's quite a bit fun if you like the Star Wars comics yeah. if you know what, well, it's not really a cup of tea but it's not interesting Is there an English translation of this one out, do you know? I don't know I don't know I would like to think there is mm. but I think I there might know. be Spanish Civil War was very interesting times for me very disgraceful times, mm -hmm. really. Well, this book by Paul Preston, who is a Brit, uh, he, he looks into the Civil War, but he follows a South African uh, reporter called George Steer. And he was a reporter for the Times at that time, mm -hmm. which he wrote a book uh, about the Spanish Civil War, about Guernica in particular. Mm -hmm. And he follows the work that he did, plus all that information and facts and, uh, mm -hmm. and obviously it involves also Picasso and another yeah, yeah. relevant at that time and it's time to build the whole story there mm -hmm. uh, and he's talking about George Steer and how he had Paul Preston a lot to Definitely. do with making sure that the Civil War, Spanish Civil War and the message and what happened to Guernica was known to other countries because mm -hmm. at that time Franco he had a lot of uh, propaganda mm -hmm. work done mm -hmm. to just because he was. I mean, they were saying that Guernica and the whole bombing of the city, which probably about two thousand people died, the whole bombing of the city was done by the uh, the own bus people <laughs> trying to blame the other party. <coughs> I mean, it, it went to ridiculous. He explains that here, and it's just absolutely ridiculous. So he uh, he. George Steer, he tried to pass the message, and uh, and thanks to that, uh, <coughs> many children from the Basque country, around about 4,000 of them, were allowed to come to Britain and live in Britain. They were rescued. Good. And thanks to him, to his work, uh -huh. uh, despite the fact that the British government at that time, they still did not um, go against Franco. And no. they were supporting Franco because they were scared like that the communists. Exactly. It was. It was about. It was all huge, massive misunderstandings, yeah. as you were mentioning before. But yeah. and it's uh, really. Um, it's a very interesting one, and I hope it's available in English. I hope. I'm not sure. But. Uh, Certainly, the book by Paul Preston. I know it's in English. Paul Preston books are available in English. It's maybe just it's maybe just the same visual on the front of the book. It could be. I don't know. 
It could be this is based on a photograph. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. And it could be that sure the actual probably book, is. that's the photograph. I'm sure it's the exact scene. But what they did there in that particular case in Guernica, and there's lots of things that I didn't know, um, but Guernica, they had no defences. Mm. Oh, yeah. There was no cannons, armies, or anti-aerial, mm. anything. There wasn't, it wasn't a military objective either. Just slow. And they yeah. attack on the day that it was the market day. Nice. So they did it intentionally, and the the bombardment and what they use, it was intentionally to cause as many deaths as possible. First, they pass with some planes to throw some grenades in particular points, so the people would so the run people away. Would come the people, the people that would run away, they would caught with the smaller planes with machine guns and kill. Right. The other people that would hide in the buildings, then another bombardment heavier would smash the buildings, and the people who were hiding, if they survive the bigger bombardment, then they thrown uh, incendiary bombs, so the whole town was in flames. So who did who did survive the machine guns or the initial bombardment, then it would die in the flames, mm -hmm. and that's what they did, and that was attacked by the Germans mm -hmm. at that time with Italians as well, mm -hmm. and that's what they did. Just. Yeah. And it was just an example, just to scare the rest of the to, them what could to, be done. Shock, to yeah. shock the rest of the Republicans in Spain at that time. It's a bit like Hiroshima, which was a, yeah. which yeah, was yeah. A, an unbombed city. It was to show <coughs> what yeah. could be done. Yeah. Anybody else? Any suggestions or anything? And then who's going at next? No, just if anybody had any suggestions about them, <coughs> just for the same. All, all I read, I've not had much time because I've been doing other stuff, but. Just finished off volume three of Concrete, which is as oh, you're still reading Concrete, good as mm -hmm. ever. Yeah, mm -hmm. Concrete. Mm -hmm. So now I've finished by what I actually have of Concrete, so I could be buying some more. Ah, and yeah, I want the full set eventually. Last time I went into Groucho's, they had two or three books, but that was a long time ago now that they had them out. Oh, so. Concrete. All oh, right. Yeah. Uh, so go and have a look. All oh, right. I never. Well. I've only ever been in about three times in five years anyway, but... I haven't been in a never, time. Never, never has, has there been something good in the comic section, but you always seem to pick up something. The last one I got was... Uh, yeah, the, lucky, the, the, the last one I got was the... That hip-hop one? No, the... What was that one that you got that was... The jazz artists, the jazz musicians. Didn't you pick that up? Oh, yeah, the... Oh, the blues. The yeah, Robert Cromwell. Oh, the Cromwell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's yeah, yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. Got that in Groucho's. That's the last thing I got. <clears throat> That's the last thing I got from there. But I haven't been back in. I haven't been back in to see what I got. But they normally do have sort of just little finds in Groucho's. Right. Just because they've only got a small book section. So, mm -hmm. And it's usually quite niche things that people are handing in. So, yeah. Good. Is that Asterix? And then you'll actually, yeah. Uh, these are th <coughs> these are things that I just picked up over the past month or so. Mm. Picked this up the other day. Um, I've not read it yet, but picked up the other day. It was Asterix. All oh, ah, an Asterix adventure, the Mansions of the Gods. But it's just like a wee, just like a wee thing that you pick up in the in the papers for the paper shop for you know fifty p or whatever. Uh, also picked up a strong female protagonist. Uh, you know that great it's a Oh cool! Oh. You know Craig Charles is the voice of Asterix in uh, the recent Asterix oh, does he? films. <laughs> yeah, so he's got a Scouse accent. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, 
the thing that I, the thing that I find interesting about this one as well, when I picked it up, um, the girl, I, they were sitting in the shelf like that, mm -hmm. and the girl said to me, "You'll notice that they're all the other way around. The other mm -hmm. ones that were on the shelf, this wasn't on it at the bottom. The writing was a lot bigger, and it was facing <coughs> the opposite direction because if you put it on its back, yeah, it's upside down. Yeah. Apparently, this was some of own copies." that she brought across for mm -hmm. a Comic Con and she just signed them and she left them in the shop and just said, well, just uh -huh. sell them off if you want. <laughs> so I was quite chuffed to get it because I've read this already and it's a great, it's a great, great story, great, great piece. And mm. um, so, so it's quite interesting. It's just a, a girl who's, she, she was like a, a part of a superhero team when she was a, a teenager and she got sick of it and sick of not being able to um, live a normal life and kind of revealed herself on television but obviously it revealed herself to all her major villains that she had mm -hmm. grown up and now she's trying to live a normal college life whilst these people are after her and it's still after her but it's good it's, it's really interesting it's just that kind of you're, you're going through this girl's average day to day but these people are sort of looming in the back of her they're going to come after her but she's indestructible and it's this whole thing of mm -hmm. she's She's indestructible. And well, I'm guessing her family aren't indestructible. No, but a lot of people, a lot of people, um, it's, there's a lot of um, different, uh, different sort of issues in it as well because they, they touch on the fact that she gets, um, she gets kind of ostracised by society in some aspects and a, a, a lecturer of hers uh, doesn't take too kindly to her being a, a, a super as he puts it. Mm -hmm. And it's this whole thing of she's that he, Starts giving her a bit of um, abuse, and it's 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 a whole, you know, it's it's touching on kind of social issues and whatnot as well, whilst telling this original story. But yeah, it's it's quite interesting. I I, I really enjoyed it. So that's great job to pick up. Yeah, that's at the bottom. Yeah, it's now related. <coughs> that's related to the page. Yeah. yeah, if you read through it, and then you can read all the little. Bits at the bottom, but I uh, as I read it, I read the little bits at the bottom yeah. as I was going because <clears throat> it's kind of like she's almost journalizing it mm. as she's doing it, but she's writing it from the perspective of the character at the bottom. Mm. But she's in the midst of making book two, uh -huh. it is an online, it was an online comic, and she uh, she grouped it together into a book. Oh, really? but she's in the midst of trying to get crowdfunding together to get book two. Interesting, signed, yeah. I pick up a um, uh, I was it uh, a Neil Gaiman uh, Sandman comic? I think it might have been the Tempest in a thrift shop, Santa Barbara, for like twenty-five cents or something. Oh. It was signed. Oh jeez, that's a good. That's a good <laughs> I can't believe somebody just give it to a thrift shop. Apparently, I was reading just last week. He like when he's in the airports and stuff, he goes into the bookshops that are there and if they've got any of his books, he just opens it and signs it and puts really? it back. <laughs> really? Well, Simon King did that trick in Australia yeah. and he was arrested for uh, vandalising books yeah, until they found out who he was. to do that on the sneaky because they'd be like, stop writing in the books. Yeah, because you imagine picking up American Gods and just going, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't believe it, would you? you no, I mean, somebody's pretended. Yeah, I definitely would. Um, yeah. This I picked up, uh, that just came today in the post, I picked this up on eBay for 99p, the Justice Riders, but it's like Justice League in in the Old West. Um, I'm not right, like I say, it's just come today, but I just spotted it. So is that the Wonder Woman on the, on the cover? I see, I see it's, it's a flash. flash, yeah. 
Must, must go into flan. So, do they have superpowers? Or I don't know. I really don't know. I, like, I, I just saw. Oh, it, look, it looks like they've got superpowers because he's going fast there. But I am. Um, I just kind of. I just kind of saw Old West in Justice League and thought this will be interesting. Yeah, why not? Um, the uh, the I read this recently as well, Justice League of America's uh, the Tornado's Path. Um, I quite like Brad Meltzer as a as a writer um, for comics. I read his um, Identity Crisis and really enjoyed that. I know you we had a whole thing about that, but I I really enjoyed it. <laughs> um, this was just like they're trying to select people to join uh, the new Justice League. Um, and there's a whole storyline going on about how the <coughs> Red Tornado is trying to find himself a, a human body because he's mm. sick of being, not being able to feel, but it's all the, the dangers that come behind that. And there's a whole story of the might have actually been set up to get into a human body and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's interesting. There's a whole plot, a whole B-plot with Starrows and all that kind of stuff. It's very, <coughs> it's very just kind of... You know, it's, there's nothing much to it, but the whole thing with the red tornado trying to feel was actually quite, quite emotional. Was like it was good. Yeah, it was really, it was really good. It's quite emotional. I, I find myself getting quite emotionally invested in the story, but it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was really good. I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, but it just, you know, it's, it's just, you know, it's the Justice League at their best. They're kicking ass and <laughs> doing a good job at it, you know, um, and. Daniel Klaus, David Boring, uh, came the other day as well, picked that up for uh, a couple of quid, so I was quite happy. I've read that before, but I need to read it again, and um, I really enjoyed it. I quite like Daniel Klaus, he's, he's just a bit, I like his visuals, Yeah. his stories are quite interesting. They're sometimes a wee bit overtly perverted, but mm -hmm. they're, uh, they're great, I really enjoy them. And David Boring's just... So surreal and trippy and strange, and I, I just think it's great. I, I, I think it's brilliant. And he's just such a creep, but it's it's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. So that was my my finds and my my suggestions and my mm -hmm. my grabs of the of the month. But that was it, really. Uh, apart from that, aside from that, I was reading Razzle recently by Joe oh, Smith. Yeah. I'm quite far into that as well. I'm almost finished. Um, yeah. Really good, but this whole explanation of um, this whole explanation of uh, Tesla and all his work is yeah. just so in depth. It's mm -hmm. it's like it's honestly yeah, like an much. overview of the entirety of Tesla's career in what seems to be just a couple of pages. Yeah. It's great. I loved it. Yeah, Tesla is a, a, a real genius. Model. Yeah, it's it's but the the artwork that goes along with it. If I can get it up on here. Okay. The artwork that goes along with it is just phenomenal. I mean, Jeff Smith obviously did bone, mm -hmm. and that's that's phenomenal. But it's you haven't figured out half the stuff that Tesla. Yeah, right. He has a whole thing about Frankenstein here, and then he starts focusing on the works of the works of Tesla. He starts explaining mm -hmm. everything. Um, but he, he basically just gives an entire overview from the point of the character and how he researched into him and how many his friends were obsessed with him but he just tells this whole story and it's just it's so fascinating I find myself wanting to read more 
up on Tesla than I did wanting to continue the story. And that's how good a job he did at telling yeah. this, this story. But the art that goes along with it is just phenomenal. And he's still telling the story of Tesla even mm -hmm. whilst showing the visuals of what's going on with the, the character himself. Mm -hmm. Just little bits here and there. Um, but Russell, that's, a, that's Jeff Smith's Russell, that's, that was really good. Really enjoyed that. He'd tell him when he went, went up to the Rockies and made his tower. Yeah. And yeah. I just thought it was... Mark Twain was a buddy of Tesla. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, there's a story about uh, Mark Twain knocking on the door and Tesla opening and Tesla going, oh, just, just hold this for a second. Ball lightning. And he said, what? But, and there's this chair on this... Um, metal disc. There's a chair on it. And uh, Mark Twain was saying, oh, his rheumatism was playing him up or something. And Taylor said, well, well is that right? Go, go sit on that chair for a second. Click, buzzes. Wow. Mark Twain going, wow, that's fantastic. You know, I thought, well, better come off now. No way, I'm not getting out of this chair. No, no, really, actually, you'd better get off now. And Twain goes, quick, push your bathroom. <laughs> Shoot the shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's all sorts of stories about Tesla, but he, he'd have this harmonic frequency box and he'd put it on, attach it to this skyscraper frame that was going mm. up. Have you heard that story? Mm -hmm. And he turns the bloody thing on, and within about 10 minutes, all the uh, iron workers are getting off the building and think it's going to collapse because it. Jeez. Just some harmonic vibration. Yes, we have to get in touch for more links to the podcast, links to buy our comics and more, then go to our link tree at thatcomicsmell.com. And please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Thank you for listening. Music you can hear is by Richter FM and it's the title track from the EP Hibiscus. You can check out Richter FM and this EP on Bandcamp, YouTube, Spotify and Apple Music.